Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, just four days to go as the candidates crisscross the Midwest, visiting states overwhelmed by the coronavirus. Deaths are way down, and where people are getting better. Donald Trump has waved the white flag. He surrendered to this virus. COVID infections surging in every swing state as a key model warns daily deaths could triple in January. New single-day record. In just one day, nearly 90,000 new coronavirus infections reported in the U.S. As the pandemic spirals out of control, new video tonight from inside a hospital in Chicago where cases are spiking. Plus how one teenager infected more than 100 campers in Wisconsin. Historic early turnout. In Texas, more than 9 million people have already voted, surpassing the Lone Star State's total turnout in 2016. But Democrats in Florida warn weak turnout there could hurt Joe Biden's chances in the Sunshine State. Counting your vote tonight, why black and Hispanic voters are three times more likely to have their ballots rejected in some states. And all those long lines, are they a sign of enthusiasm or voter suppression? Deadly earthquake rocks Turkey and a Greek island. Buildings crumble. A tsunami floods the streets. Tonight, the search for victims after the 7.0 magnitude earthquake. From full house to the big house, actress Lori Loughlin reports to prison. And we go on the road with CBS's Steve Hartman to find out why women voters are flocking to this cemetery. And it has nothing to do with Halloween. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting tonight from CBS News Election Headquarters in Times Square. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. Election Day is now less than 90 hours away and tonight every second counts as the candidates and their campaigns race across the country fighting over votes in the battleground states that will ultimately decide who wins the White House. Tonight, President Trump and Joe Biden are stumping in Minnesota and Wisconsin, part of a day-long swing through the Midwestern states at the center of their campaign strategies. But as we come on the air, those states are also at the epicenter of the coronavirus crisis. Tonight, the U.S. has now shattered yet another record for new infections, nearly 90,000 cases reported on Thursday alone. One of the president's top health advisors told governors today that one in every three counties in the U.S. is now considered a coronavirus hotspot. Dr. Deborah Burks urged them to require masks in their states and to limit large gatherings. The president isn't heeding either of those pleas, holding large rallies today and even making fun of an ally for her use of not wearing or wearing, I should say, a mask. His rival Joe Biden is holding smaller drive-in events as he continues to hammer away at the president's handling of the virus. And tonight, with more than 83 million ballots already cast, next Tuesday's election is shaping up to be one of the biggest in modern history. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Paula Reed is going to lead us off tonight, traveling with the president in Minnesota. Good evening, Nora. The president has just arrived at his event here in Minnesota. After holding two large rallies earlier today, he's limited to just 250 people at this event to prevent the further spread of the virus. The president has been barnstorming across the upper Midwest today ahead of Tuesday's vote, and he's really focusing on people who have pandemic fatigue. Hello, Michigan. With COVID raging in every swing state he hit today, the president tried to convince the crowd otherwise. It's a pandemic and you're doing good. But in Michigan, a state he carried in 2016 and now trails former Vice President Joe Biden by eight points, COVID hospitalizations are up 96% since October 1st. It's always cases are up and people go crazy, you know. Now it's uh, you live with it. And you have, uh, and you know what to do. We understand it now. You got to understand it. But we're making that beautiful turn. The president even mocked Fox News host Laura Ingram for wearing a mask recommended by top health officials, especially in crowds. Is that a mask? No way. Are you wearing a mask? I've never seen her in a mask. Look at you. Oh, she's being very politically correct. Mr. Trump also falsely claimed doctors are profiting off of COVID deaths. You know, our doctors get more money if somebody dies from COVID. That's true. It's like $2,000 more. So you get more money. The president's rally in Green Bay was under fire before it even started, as the local hospital system warned it was a bad idea, given the city has one of the highest infection rates in the country. The truth is we have done an incredible job. As the president tries to play down concerns about the virus, CBS News has learned CDC data shows cases are surging in 49 states. Coronavirus Task Force member Dr. Deborah Burks told governors today. We're seeing now... Um, surge across the northern part of the United States. We now have about 1,200 counties, almost a third of the country, in our hotspot category. In Minnesota, the president blasted the Democratic governor after he was forced to limit his rally to just 250 people. With COVID outbreaks tied to two previous rallies he held in the state, the president was asked if it was risky to do it again. No, I don't at all, no. And they're outdoor rallies. They're all out there. 
There are new questions about whether the president will get to hold a rally on election night. Washington, D.C.'s COVID safety rules may prevent him from holding the event he had hoped to have at his D.C. hotel. He says instead he may just stay at the White House as he waits to learn if he'll be able to stay there another 40 years. Nora. Paula Reed, thank you. Joe Biden will close out the race in Michigan and Pennsylvania, two in the so-called blue wall of industrial states dominated for years by Democrats, but won narrowly by President Trump in 2016. And Biden is also trying to flip the script on the president, making a play in Republican strongholds. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. With President Trump defending states he won today, Joe Biden went on offense in Iowa, a state now in play after the president won it easily in 2016. Folks, we can do this. There's nothing beyond our capacity. It was a far cry from February when Biden lost badly in the Iowa caucus. Today, he's within striking distance of winning the state as the president's popularity is plunging with coronavirus cases on the rise. The former vice president held a socially distanced drive through rally. Here at the fairgrounds, the Iowa State Fair canceled for the first time since World War II. And Donald Trump has given up. Biden dueled with the president in Minnesota, where he leads the president by nine with four days to go. A longtime Democratic state, he was asked why he needed to schedule a stop there. I don't take anything for granted. We're going to work for every single vote up to the last minute. Meanwhile, attention is turning south to Texas, a state considered battleground territory for the first time in generations, amid a record surge of voting, as CBS's Omar Villafranca reports. Today is the last day of early voting in Texas, and you can see by the line, people have been showing up in record numbers. Through Thursday, more than 9 million Texans voted early. That number is more than the total number of voters here in 2016. Some polls show the race is close in reliably red Texas, and that brought Kamala Harris to the Lone Star State. You have power, and at election time, that power will be through your vote. But there may also be trouble brewing for Biden in Florida. Amid reports that Democrats are failing to turn out supporters in Miami-Dade County, an area where Hillary Clinton dominated four years ago, even as she narrowly lost the state. The Biden campaign says the pandemic kept them from doing most traditional voter outreach in Florida, so other groups are stepping in, like Faberna Pierre with the Unite Here Labor Union. First, we started calling people over the phone, and by uh, the first week of this of this month, we started knocking on doors and to get people out there to vote. We, we're trying our best. And Ed joins us now here. So how are the candidates spending their final days of this campaign? Yeah, you could describe it this way, Nora. Less is more versus more is more. Biden is going to make a surgical strike into two states, Michigan and Pennsylvania, campaigning tomorrow for the first time with former President Obama in Detroit and Flint. Speaks Sunday in Philadelphia, then barnstorms Pennsylvania with his running mate and their spouses Monday across Pennsylvania. The president, meanwhile, over three days, holds at least 14 rallies in seven states to drive up Republican turnout ahead of Election Day. But at this late stage, Pennsylvania, with its 20 electoral votes, probably the most critical, you could say, the Keystone State would unlock the White House for either man. All right. Ed O'Keefe, thank you so much. Here's a sobering number. The U.S. added coronavirus cases faster than one per second on Thursday. And today, the nation passed 9 million cases and is now approaching 230,000 deaths. CBS's Adriana Diaz reports tonight from Chicago, where COVID wards are overwhelmed. Video from inside the COVID ICU at Chicago's Northwestern Memorial Hospital shows frontline workers battling COVID in plastic body armor. 
and peering inside lungs. Today, Illinois recorded its highest number of hospitalizations since early June. According to an internal HHS memo obtained by National Public Radio, ICU beds are 80 percent full in nearly a quarter of U.S. hospitals. The Midwest is still the nation's epicenter for now, due in part to COVID fatigue and COVID deniers, says Minnesota epidemiologist Michael Osterholm. This is up to a third of the population that believes this pandemic is a hoax, and they believe that it'll end next Wednesday. And no public health messaging is having an impact on that population. In Wisconsin, the CDC found that a sleepaway camp was a super spreader event this summer with one positive case leading to 116 infections. And South Dakota is battling a positivity rate of an astonishing 46 percent, meaning nearly half of tests are coming back positive. 57-year-old Doug Raisby was one of the people behind those numbers. He died from COVID last week. Nurse Kathy James is his mother-in-law. There was a week of the 10 days of his stay that that Dr. King said, I want him to be in, in ICU because he needs an extended level of care. Right. And we don't have any beds. They didn't have any beds? They did not have any beds. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm livid. The final conversations that we had with him um, he just cried and said he was scared and that he was going to die and that he was going to die by himself. That South Dakota hospital wouldn't comment on a specific patient, but said they are providing appropriate care. And nor there's news tonight of a patient in California infected with both coronavirus and the flu. Meanwhile, here in Illinois, hospitalizations are up 85 percent in the last month. Hard to deny stories like that. Adriana Diaz, thank you. This year's early voting data points to African-American turnout that could rival the record set when Barack Obama was elected. But tonight, there are questions about whether black voters and their ballots are being treated equally. Here's CBS's Major Garrett. Inside the Guilford County Elections Building in Greensboro, North Carolina, early ballots are processed, sorted, and in some cases, rejected if voters fail to fill them out properly. While the overall rejection total is relatively small, absentee ballots submitted by Latinos and African-Americans in the state are three times more likely to be turned away than those from white voters. Near the top of that list is Guilford County, where Dr. T. Anthony Spearman sits on the Board of Elections and serves as president of the North Carolina NAACP. African-Americans have not been cultivated to use the absentee ballot And as such, it's their first time doing it. With that naivete comes along some opportunity for them to not get right what needs to be right. In Georgia, voting lines have stretched as long as 10 hours and delays appear concentrated in the racially diverse Atlanta area. Nearly half of Georgia's active voters live there, but according to one analysis, they are served by only 38 percent of the state's polling places. Voters are tenacious, but they shouldn't have to be. Uh, You know, we've been telling voters, stay in line, please don't give up, wear your sneakers, take your lunch. Back in North Carolina, Spearman and other activists are mobilizing people to early voting sites to make sure their votes count. The motivation for voters to get out and vote this time around is higher, much higher than it was in 2016. 
And Major joins us now. What can you tell us about lawsuits and other legal challenges that may affect the vote count? Laura, Nora, it's a historic number. More than 400 lawsuits filed this election cycle, 44 states and the District of Columbia. Most of them have been resolved, and that's the good news. Legal experts saying that's clarifying rules. But one issue looms very large. How late after Election Day can absentee ballots be legally counted? And the terminology is very important here. So we have four battleground states I want to highlight for you. So if that ballot is postmarked by Election Day, it can be counted nine days after in North Carolina, postmarked by Election Day three days after in Pennsylvania. But Wisconsin and Minnesota, those ballots must arrive by Election Day. And Minnesota found out about that just last night. In case you're wondering, those four battleground states, 55 electoral votes. So hand-deliver. In Minnesota and Wisconsin, absolutely, to be as sure. Okay, Major Garrett, thank you. Tonight, at least 19 people have been killed in a magnitude 7 earthquake that struck today off the coast of Turkey and the Greek island of Samos. Hundreds more have been injured. The quake rattled cities and unleashed a tsunami that flooded streets in western Turkey. Here's CBS's Holly Williams. The massive quake left this apartment block teetering then crumbling. We still don't know how many people may have been crushed in their own homes in a country that's infamous for poor quality construction. Be quiet, shouted the man filming this video. We need to listen for survivors. Doigu Kata is a high school principal who told us she safely evacuated all her students. The building almost collapsed, she told us. It was like hell. On the coast, the quake triggered a tsunami, washing away yachts. And tonight, rescue workers are searching through the rubble for survivors, as well as bodies. Holly Williams, CBS News, London. The remnants of Hurricane Zeta combined with cold air from the north today dumped snow across upstate New York and New England. About three inches fell across Massachusetts and October record causing numerous spinouts. Today, actor Lori Loughlin reported to a low-security federal prison in California. She's serving a two-month sentence. Loughlin and her husband admitted paying half a million dollars in bribes to get their daughters into USC while posing as rowing recruits. Our next story is set in a cemetery. It has nothing to do with Halloween. It's about a woman who fought for equal rights in voting. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. How grateful they must be. The people, women mostly, who flock here to Mount Hope Cemetery in Rochester, New York, just to stand in her presence. It was really amazing. Like, I wasn't just reading from a textbook anymore. I was with her. Emma Mitiga came to the grave of Susan B. Anthony for what has become a Rochester tradition, showing the suffragist in a very tangible way that her work was not in vain. After Anthony died in 1906, her grave went mostly unnoticed until four years ago when about 10,000 people showed up to put their I Voted stickers on her headstone, a gesture that came with unintended consequences. Unfortunately, the gummy residue of all that affection was damaging the marble. So this year, they covered her headstone with a plexiglass sleeve, allowing for layers of tributes for generations to come. She worked so hard her whole life. Sarah Campagna brought her daughter, Clara. She died not even knowing if it would happen. We're not going to have children that'll take those next steps for us if we don't educate them now. 
Karen Moretti says we also need to educate a lot of adults like her. Yes, I haven't always been so passionate. It's almost like we took it for granted. Were you in our car on the way coming here? <laughs> because I said to her, I can't believe I was so clueless for many parts of my life. And now I am so passionate. During our day at the gravesite. Thank you, Susan B. Anthony. We saw that passion take many forms, from downright jubilation to overwhelming emotion. The only constant was the way people put on their stickers. All of them with such tenderness as if rubbing liniment into the injustice. And it was healing, which is why I believe voting should always be a two-step process. First, a ballot, and then a nod to all those who made this sacred right possible. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Rochester, New York. You gotta love that. Susan B. Anthony said, there never will be complete equality until women themselves help to make laws and elect lawmakers. And if you can't watch the evening news live, set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell and our CBS News election headquarters. Have a safe and happy Halloween. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.